0: Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate Brave Conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Wow, fam. Welcome, welcome to the Brave Table. And wow, we have such a powerful conversation this week. I am sitting down with the one and only Mama Gina. That's right, Regina Thomasauer. The one and only Mama Gina. She is a teacher, a best selling author, not to mention a New York Times best selling author, a mama and a media personality, and founder and CEO of the School of Womanly Arts which began literally in her living room in 1998 and has since grown into a global movement. She has been featured on 2020, Conan O'Brien, The Today Show, among other huge platforms. She believes that women are the greatest untapped natural resource on the planet. And as people of all genders reclaim the magnificence of the feminine, the patriarchy will fall away, liberating us all. She's dedicated her work to women, specifically because Regina knows woman. And while woman is an expansive concept, there are so many ways to be woman. And those of us who identify as women are connected through a common global experience of oppression. We are living in a culture that shames our bodies, rebukes our emotionality, fears our sexuality, violates our safety, and makes us wrong for having feminine aspects, for being women at all. In her classroom and through her books, Regina shares our foremothers' knowledge and embodied wisdom from pre patriarchal times. The thousands and thousands of years when goddess culture and pleasure reigned, she shifts the way women hold their sexuality and identities both individually and culturally and creates communities of sisterhood, women who are so outrageously and wildly expressed that they are loving the world back to self. Yes. All right, you guys, this kind of pushes the envelope a little bit, even for myself. It was so, so exciting having Regina on. And in this episode, we're really gonna dive into so many amazing morsels of juicy Topics. She has been such an inspiration in my life and actually even in my personal life in the bedroom now as a mama of two with my husband. We go deep into celebrating all aspects of what it is to be a woman. And for those of you men listening, stay curious and grab a notebook because you will definitely take lots of notes. We totally dive into her New York Times bestselling book, Pussy, which I still believe that every single man and woman, it should be literally a rite of passage for anybody that is going into college or having their first perhaps sexual encounter or just even to understand what it means to be a woman for males. It literally should be in every high school and every sort of educational school out there around sex education and just around pleasure. Now, it's not just a sex education episode. This is not really that episode for you. So if you're looking for that, that's not it. It's really about how Regina gives women permission across the globe to reclaim themselves and how she's created this school of womanly arts to evoke just that. The beauty and the inner essence of pleasure that is literally our birthright. And for those of you professional ladies who are totally the type A types, this episode is totally for you because we get into that. And let's be honest, we are the ones that create life and give life. And we were just talking about that, and it created such chills in my body that I've never experienced before, you guys. So she is such an oracle. She's so magical. And we dig into the definition of pleasure and how it's been the through line of her work to activate and rebirth hundreds of thousands of women in her school, the SWA, the School of Womanly Arts. We get into what it means to actually be turned on, and it's not what you actually think. So we talk about your internal radiance and power and what that means and why as women we tend to dim our own light and what the culture of patriarchy has actually taught us and how to reclaim yourself in your power at this moment. What her book Pussy, the New York Times bestselling book, what it has become around the world as a global movement for the last 20 plus years. She gets into practices and rituals and how to use your own practices as a daily sacred ritual of pleasure in your life. We talk about the importance of creating a sisterhood of women that support and honor and celebrate each other, as well as a very powerful magical tool that she talks about that you can do immediately after listening to this episode. There are so many amazing juicy morsels that I cannot wait for you to experience in this. This is probably one of my favorites to date. There is so much juicy and amazing goodness here that she embodies as a human. She's so down to earth, she is a mother as well of a daughter, and I just cannot wait wait for you to experience her, to learn from her. So take out your journals and literally be prepared to be tantalized. And I hope this sparks a little bit more bravery for you, not only in the bedroom, but just in your daily practice of your life and yes so we do get a little naughty we start this with a little bit of a dance party as well as currently right now I am in my little fishnet stockings and a little black dress that I feel super amazing in especially after giving birth and honestly it is the ode to this conversation so it's all for you so enjoy
1: I swear that song always puts you in a good mood no matter what is going on. Isn't it's like, it? it's foolproof. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kia, wherever you are.
0: Kia, you're the best. <laughs> and I just want to say, uh,
1: Mama Gina, <laughs> it is a pleasure
0: mm. to welcome you to ah. the
1: great Table. Ah. Ah. So good to be here. You're here. I, I know. We're and here. well done. I mean, this is a real testament to the power of your appetite and your mm. desire mm. and your like, staying inside what you long for, that you just sucked me in from New York City and here I am in Austin.
0: (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) We're doing it. And there's so much to unpack and so much juicy goodness. And I feel like your name has come up so much (laughs) within the last few months, pretty much on many of the episodes. And so I just kind of want to set the table today, let everyone know, like, Who is Mama Gina? Who is Mama Gina? Who is Mama Gina? Gina? (laughs) For those of you who who don't know, but also I think most importantly is how did Mama Gina come to
1: be Mama Gina? (sighs) Okay. All right. Do you want the long version, the medium version, or the (laughs) short version?
0: Whatever you you are intuitively feeling today.
1: I think the thing I want to start with is just like anyone who's watching this. Who has like a little tiny speck of a dream or a desire, you know, which sometimes is almost hard to even comprehend or admit to. Sometimes desires start as a feeling of discomfort or a feeling of longing or is sort of kind of nameless and shapeless. Pay attention! to that because that's your life force talking to you. So I would say that my journey to becoming Mama Gina, there there were like a lot of starting points. I think one of the initial triggers was I, while I was growing up, I had an experience in my family life of abuse from the time I was a small little tiny baby, really little, and Mm -hmm. all the way through my childhood. Now, As a result of that, I can remember my enthusiasm being drained away. And I can remember looking out the window when I was five years old and realizing like, I'm not looking forward to the day anymore. Mm. What's going on? That's weird. No, I don't know if I exactly thought this, but it was something like, why would the enthusiasm be taken away from a five-year-old? And around that time, the goddess Mm. would come and sit on the edge of my bed. Now, okay, I can't. Validate that, but that's what my experience was as a little girl. Was right. that the goddess was there, and she was right about kind of like I could see her in my periphery, but then when I would turn, she would vaporize. Mm. And so I learned from that, like the goddess is living in the periphery, and I have to find her there. Oh. And so I literally started to hunt for her, mm-hmm. and I would go to different churches because I was Jewish, and I knew she was not.
0: She wasn't Jewish. I was
1: not. She was okay. not. Jewish. She was
0: not Jewish. <laughs> goddess wasn't Jewish. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I thought she was somewhere. I thought somewhere there'll be like this big-ass temple. It'll be fancy. It'll look like a Barbie funhouse or something. But I could not find her. And I literally went to shrines and churches looking like when I was a kid. I I, oh I, I can't explain it, but that's what I was up I to. I can
0: imagine. So you being like five years old, just kind of like searching for... I
1: Probably the first church I was, when I was eight, I finally built up the nerve to go to that church. Because I thought, you know, there's a lot of good things that happen in churches. Right. their um christmas
0: of course yeah
1: and it seemed more possible that mm. there was because i knew she was i knew that feeling that it was so pleasurable to be with her and mm. it said so there was so much aliveness there but anyway she wasn't in the catholic church and or the all the shrines i went to so i kind of hung up my spying for a number of years but then somewhat later i was well, you
0: kind of created it somewhat later
1: well, the first road forked because I was so interested in like figuring out what was the matter with the culture, or right. why there was this imbalance, why there was no god and goddess. So I started research ancient goddess traditions oh, yes. when I was like in my twenties, yes, and learned all about her, mm. uh, and learned about how goddess was worshipped in you know fifty thousand years ago, or uh, and so forth.
0: Yeah, can you unpack that because there's so much that I've learned. And so Mm -hmm. many people have learned because of what you've brought to the forefront in your research, in your work. And I think we should just kind of start with the god and the goddess.
1: I think like if you had to boil it down to one specific difference, Mm -hmm. it would be that the God lives on the plane of right and wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, like you sin and then you have to repent and do Hail Marys. Or in the Jewish tradition, there's Yom Kippur and you atone for all the wrong things you did. But in the world of the divine feminine or the goddess, that right and wrong doesn't exist. Mm That birth is worshipped as much as death is Mm worshipped. That there's the sacred in everything. That this couch will be forever Shifted because we sat here and had this discussion. How beautiful. The spoon that you use to stir the food for your children. Like there's a holiness inherent in everything.
0: In every single thing.
1: Every single thing. Exactly. And so there was a consciousness and an aliveness to that, which really struck me as something that was so different because I felt so wrong about myself and I didn't know why. I so wanted to live a passionate life, but I just was so disconnected because of the experiences I've had in my childhood and so forth. So I had this lust for wholeness, but it's very hard to revive a dead religion when you're a hermit. Mm -hmm. living in a studio apartment in New York working waiting tables. It's not (laughs) Right, it's not going to happen. It wasn't easy for me. (laughs) So it was a religion of one. Well, I wasn't even trying. I was just researching and and trying to find things out and learning about all the goddesses that I could learn about, which were so amazing and inspiring.
0: And that seemed way more inspiring than kind of what
1: the traditional... Yeah, for me. Tradition. For me. And I know that so many people... and, And I've nothing but respect for religious mm-hmm. traditions, but I right. think you can learn so much about a culture from what's missing. Absolutely. As what it contains, and there was no feminine that was impactful, important, or of great relevance or reverence inside the patriarchal cultures, mm-hmm. and I thought that was worthy of placing my attention on why she was eliminated from the major religious modules that are mm-hmm. in our culture. So I did that research, but it didn't really make me any happier. So then I had kind of a swivel turn and circumstances being what they are. I ended up living in a sex commune for no. a few... I went from a hermit Oh my gosh. to living in a sex so commune.
0: hermit in like a one-bedroom studio <laughs> in New York City, okay, <laughs> to all the way to a sex commune?
1: You know, <laughs> life rolls at you. And that's what I mean, like always follow the desire. Mm. Even when it leads you to unexpected places, yeah. like churches and sex communes, like right. we, one must always say yes. Absolutely. Or in your case... Podcast, sitting yeah. on a couch in a fluffy thing. In a fluffy thing. Okay, yeah.
0: for those of you who are listening <laughs> to this versus watching us right now, I am fully dressed in what Regina calls the turn-on so that I am turned on for this conversation because I really am so excited to have you here.
1: Thank and
0: you. And Mama Gina is dressed as she would.
1: Okay, I'm wearing maybe their thigh-high patent leather Platform boots? Yep. They're probably like seven inches. They're probably seven inches. inches. And then fishnets. And then a leopard bodysuit and a leather jacket.
0: So very hot. Yeah. Very sexy. Feeling hot. Very, very- We're hot. Oh, yes. <laughs> we
1: are. It's, very radiant. And you know what's good? It's like two versions of heat. Mm. Yours is like a little more ladylike, but I'm dangerous. And yeah, mine is dangerous. just like- I'm just like a fucking badass you right now. So I'm just are like a fucking badass. I, mean, I just is- need a motorcycle. I need <laughs> a motorcycle and a helmet and a cigarette and I'll be off oh, you're- for some adventures. To the races, for yeah. sure. I mean- How much trouble can you get into in Austin? <laughs> there is- Find- a-
0: I feel like there's a good amount of trouble that you can get, <laughs> depending on where you go. Excellent. But so, so the churches, and I, let's get into more of the the patriarchy, though, because I feel like when when I initially read your book quite a few years ago, you gave me language for what I never knew about mm-hmm. existed, mm-hmm. which is because I grew up multi-religious. You know, Catholic on my mom's side; she was Filipino. Hindu and Sikh on my dad's side because he was from Punjab in India. And we were growing up spiritual, mm-hmm. but it was very much an ode to, you know, going to church, going to all of these things. And you had to, especially in the Catholic culture, atone for your sins every Sunday and, and mm-hmm. lots of shame, lots of guilt. Mm-hmm. And you gave this permission to actually question Mm -hmm. the world of the patriarchy Mm -hmm. which I had never even knew and this was like a very new term even Mm -hmm. and of course rereading it again because we have some really exciting things happening Mm -hmm. it was almost like oh my goodness it's been here for this 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 has been your calling it seems like because you've just made it so accessible for so many women and men to question the narrative
1: yeah well yeah talk about if you think about it like let's say the ancient goddess traditions the divine feminine or it's just been like the smallest dot of time that the patriarchy has existed Mm -hmm. because 50,000 years ago we were praying over our if we were in ancient Egypt mm. and the women would circle because women, we are the givers of life. We are she who bleeds but does not die and mm. gives life. Mm. So it was this that women were considered holy, mm. uh, which we are, but we don't consider ourselves such. So if we were sisters together in ancient Egypt and it was planting time, we'd be standing on the edge of a field and we would be lifting our skirts Mm. and flashing our pussies to the freshly planted field saying, wheat, please grow as high as my pussy. Like the feminine being, we were able to create life. So she who creates life gives life. There's this cave painting, this ancient cave painting is one of my faves that is of a hunter with his arrow pulled back. Yeah. But there's an energy line from his arrow that stretches to his woman Mm. because it was considered that only she who gives life can take life. So if he was able to catch an antelope that day, it was because of the power of the feminine that was behind him.
0: Power of the pussy.
1: Exactly. That gave him the ability to bring back the hunt for the family. So women were considered source, mm. and that doesn't it make sense to your body when you
0: a thousand percent feel
1: into that. <sighs> and inside of this culture, women aren't recognized; were considered second class. We're paid seventy nine cents on the dollar that men are paid. It there's a culture of so much self doubt, self hatred, depression, yeah. women devaluing themselves. It's hashtag me too. Mm -hmm. There's so much powerlessness Mm -hmm. inside of the culture of the feminine at this particular time. But I think it's breaking apart and it is our time to begin to rise Mm -hmm. and connect in ways that we never have. So we're so lucky to be born now.
0: I mean, isn't this the best time to be born Mm
1: -hmm. as a woman? It's amazing. I mean, it's confusing as hell,
0: but (laughs) it's amazing. (laughs) So, I want to kind of tour into when you actually started the School of Womenly Arts. And you basically gave birth to this whole way of women kind of reclaiming that for themselves. Yeah. And I want to just say that literally, this book, Pussy, the New York Times bestseller, has sold a bajillion copies, pretty much.
1: 130,000 to my knowledge.
0: Like insane has changed thousands, probably hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of lives. I mean, when I say you're an oracle and I've said this in our (laughs) internal groups, (laughs) you are an oracle, (laughs) but you, you are because there's just, there's so much magnetism in this book but Thank also you. just radiance and not only that it's just a it's it really is a reclamation. So talk to us about the school that began before pussy was born, the book.
1: Okay. The real beginning was once I had gotten I took a class at that school, Moore University. And they gave us a homework. And the homework was to go home mm. and prepare as if the most important person in the world was coming to visit you. But it was secretly you. Mm. And so I'd never treated myself as if I was the most important person in the world. I, You know, women, we were taught to take care of our husbands, mm-hmm. our kids, mm-hmm. our bosses, all of our girlfriends when they whine, our parents. Like, we are always looking at what does everyone need and then the crumbs we take. Totally. And so I, I do that
0: now with my kids. Stop it. Stop it.
1: Stop it. Stop it. No, no you're giving me no, life. You no, are, but you I have to say, hey, okay. okay, we all do it cuz right. it's part of the culture in which we were so true. you know, created and reared, but you're breaking out of it. No, the, Thursday nights. the Thursday nights. You know, nights. where you're reclaiming your time for yourself and for your yes. man. It's beautiful to see. And okay. we'll talk more about that cuz it's important for everyone Absolutely. really to track your progress and evolution cuz that's what your audience is learning from mm. so much, which is beautiful and yay you. Um so I had been looking for the goddess my whole life mm-hmm. and then I got this assignment. So I came home and I gave myself a bath and I tidied up and I poured a little pellegrino and I looked in the mirror mm-hmm. and I was in a state of pleasure mm-hmm. because I was doing all this wonderful pampering. For yourself. For myself for the very first time ever. ever. Oh wow. And I look in the mirror and I looked so gorgeous. Mm. And I like. I was like, fuck. That's where the goddess has been hiding. Inside of me. Mm. She's been in me. <gasps> She's in every woman. Oh, that is so fucked up. That's like worse than the periphery. She's like inside every woman and we don't know. Wow. We think God is male. Right. And so we're like ready to worship the men, men. Yes. or male structures corporations right, right. and we don't recognize oh the divinity is within
0: within each of us
1: and so as soon as i realized that i was like okay i gotta tell every woman i know because this is a big deal and uh, it's huge i have to awaken everybody but first i have to get awake so that's when i moved into the sex commune and had a lot of sex and other incredible and amazing experiences for four or five years and then four or five years yeah amazing you have to you know it was like a Bachelor's or right. maybe a master's. I don't know. Maybe it was both. It was a program. <laughs> a bachelor's program. master's and a
0: PhD. <laughs> Basically been, got a PhD. A uh, that I gave yeah, to yeah, myself. I yeah, bet you gave to yourself. Um, <laughs> <master's.
1: laughs> <laughs> but what the key was was pleasure. Mm. And you know, when you were a little girl, does your mom ever pull you on your knee and say, Nitha, it's so important that you have pleasure that will be your signpost and your guidance. And that will connect you to your most deeply held desires.
0: If I would have heard that,
1: oh my gosh,
0: because I feel like as a young girl, I wasn't even given tools to name my
1: private parts, Mm -hmm. my pussy, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, Private parts. That's what you got call- oh, yeah, you was so like, was called. Yeah, it's like
0: private. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mine was called a sissy, but I I, sissy. I have asked literally thousands of women, and the the craziest names like Pancake, Walter Winchell, Walter Coochie Knish, the worst. Over fifty percent of the women that I've polled, yeah. you know, which is now probably at least ten or twenty thousand, nothing. nothing. There was no name
0: so their pussy didn't even have a name. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And in, you know, Jesus says in the beginning, there was the word. Mm -hmm. If we don't have a word, we can't begin. Like, how would you explain internet if you (laughs) didn't, if there wasn't a word, (laughs) the
0: thing,
1: it would be the thing that that connects us. And then people would be like, what do you mean the thing? Mm -hmm. And then it would take a really long time. So and why this is problematic is that we aren't given the language for that which is most essentially feminine about ourselves, the heartbeat mm. of our womanhood. We don't even have a word. And when you don't have a word, yeah. what moves into the neighborhood instead is shame. Yeah. Shame. So I knew that I was dealing with myself where I had been somehow ashamed of myself for my whole life yeah. and that connecting to my pleasure Broke open that construct so that oh, I, you. I was like holy. Yeah, At, the w- difference between holy and filled with shame is so vast, and yet it took a moment. Wow! Because that's the speed of pussy, mm. and that's the power of pussy. It's like a woman can reclaim in a moment once she feels pleasure
0: once she feels pleasure
1: and so it kind of had it in the back of my mind i got to do something for women and then but it wasn't until i had my daughter mm, goodness which is you know greatest
0: awakening <laughs> it
1: was it's it's so much of an awakening when you have a kid and when you have a daughter oh yeah it's deep it's deep it's deep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it tell me about that, like the difference between how it feels in your body, the the daughter energy versus the son energy.
0: Oh totally. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I was brave to start mm. the show right. this year, because it's been in my mind for the last few years. And just having my son, he's so playful and he's so yeah. fun. And yeah. it's, I mean, he's 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 delicious. He's great. And you've you've met him before. But the difference between having Isla, it's just a whole, for me, because losing my matriarchs and my family at an early age, it was this reckoning of, will I get to reparent Mm. my inner child?
1: Mm. And there's
0: also this like responsibility of passing down the matriarchy and my ancestral lineage in a way where my all of the matriarchs on my mom's side, my my mom's lineage, they were all pageant queens. Even my great grandmother, she was competing into her 70s as a pageant queen. Yes. You mean
1: we can compete in pageants now?
0: Yes, (laughs) we can. It's not, it's not the end. I never I remember being like eight or nine years old, she was alive and and literally going (laughs) to her and she was dancing with a younger man. I kid you not, I have photos of this. And so to be able to then pass that kind of, you know, beauty, that spark, that pleasure that they all continue to have. This is my mom's side, by the way, Mm -hmm. the Filipino side, and they are full matriarchs fully in Filipino culture. The women kind of lead the show a little Mm -hmm. bit, I feel like, but on the Indian side, it's a little bit different. Very, very. So you have a full patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And so with my daughter, I
1: definitely wanted to Shift that a little bit. It's exactly what happened for me when I had Maggie, which was, I just felt like, what am I doing with my life Mm -hmm. to make space for the girls of today Mm -hmm. who will be the women of tomorrow? You know, how Mm -hmm. can I... Uh, And and I knew that it didn't really have to do with the men. I knew that until a woman knows she's sacred, until she knows of her own majesty, Mm -hmm. that there would be no way to communicate with the men to have them really comprehend who and what we are. Mm -hmm. So I thought I got to start with the women and... And I, when I was nursing, you know, remember the first six weeks are oh so gosh. painful. Oh gosh, yes. And so I'm like holding that, you know, nursing, I'm trying to distract myself, I turn on the, the TV. The nipples are like
0: all oh, like, oh, uh, uh, yeah.
1: This is quite a process, but then magically it goes away one day. <laughs> no, it
0: does. It does. You just have to get, yeah,
1: it's like, it's, it's weird.
0: It's like a, it's like a dance. It's a da- it really yeah, is a dance. And then they latch on and then you're like, oh, that's
1: how it is. That's how it is. And, and then I nursed for a really long time, but I saw this movie called Dangerous Beauty, which mm-hmm. was about a courtesan. Yeah. Best movie ever. If you haven't seen *Dangerous Beauty*, get on that the right course. now.
0: All right, brave table fam. I wanted to take a moment and take you away from the episode into a journey of Regina Thomasauer, Mama Gina's book, the New York Times best-selling book *Pussy*, and I just wanted to read you one of my most favorite excerpts because. It has been so profound for me and I wanted to take you on this journey as well. So listen in. I imagine you might know the feeling too. If the smell of freshly baked bread were a feeling, it would be just that. If the last warm day of fall were an emotion, it would be just that. The feeling of being utterly and completely present, besotted with the gift of life itself, transported by the privilege of existence. No goal, just pure enjoyment. A sunset can create this inner ooze, or the smell of your baby's head, or riding your horse. The ocean, connection, laughter, ecstasy in any form. That's what the goddess felt like. I could feel her silent yearning for me. She wanted to be known by me. She wanted to be seen, noticed, heard, felt. She wafted like perfume inside of me. I melted at her presence, enchanted. I would do anything to serve her. I felt safe found utterly myself and in service to her and this feeling in me forever this experience lasted only a couple of years but it has created a lasting effect on my life my grown-up mind wonders now if these experiences with the goddess were a dream or a fantasy perhaps they were a self-protective response to growing up in a household infused with patriarchal religious views male-centric social customs and physical abuse The goddess represented the exact opposite of these things. She became a kind of guardian angel in my life, as well as the subject of my ongoing philosophical quest. Everything I encountered in those years that was masculine and spiritual equated to pain and suffering. The goddess encounters were precisely the opposite. They were feminine, they were sacred, and they felt delicious. Now at the time, delicious was not a word I associated with being a woman. I did not see any deliciousness anywhere when it came to being an adult female. What I saw in my mother's life and in the lives of other women in the neighborhood was nothing I wanted for myself. I saw women who prioritized their husbands and families, who worked so hard, who shopped and cooked and cleaned and drove station wagons and made everyone else's lives run smoothly. I saw women who were self-sacrificing, who ignored their own needs, who gave up on their own happiness. I saw women who were being subjugated, women who were being undervalued at their jobs. I saw women who looked empty, hollow, and dead inside, women who were angry, bitter, resentful, resigned. I saw a world of women who lacked the fiery sense of life and liveliness that comes from living passionately and feeling deserving of goodness. I saw a world of women whose lights were dim if not extinguished. The job description for woman was nothing I wanted to sign up for. The experience of a goddess was the first time I felt a different kind of beckoning. I felt a sense of promise, a sense of inspiration in womanhood that was unlike anything I was witnessing around me. It was an energetic essence of the feminine that I had not previously encountered. It had nothing to do with laundry or cooking dinner or servitude in any form. Being with the goddess was not about doing anything. It was about simply experiencing her presence. Every part of my skin felt enlivened. Something in me was awakened as if a light switch in my soul had been turned on. Wow, so powerful, fam. I just want you to sit in that magical juice that was just shared, because that is the power
1: of the book, Pussy. Now, back to the episode. And so it was a mother... Dangerous
0: beauty, you guys.
1: ...teaching a daughter, and she said, if you want to give pleasure, you must know pleasure. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. We haven't been taught. You know, we have to know pleasure.
0: Ourselves. Yes.
1: If we're ever going to take care of the husbands, the kids, the work, the bosses, the whole sitch. So I thought, I will open a courtesan academy <sighs> and I'll call it Mama Gina School of Womanly the Arts because I just became a mama.
0: Amazing, yes. And then
1: the thing like took the fuck off. It, it just opened. like went. I don't know, it was fire. It was the like, right thing at written the right time. You were up
0: in like the New York Times mm-hmm. many times. You were on like all of these amazing of shows. Conan. Conan O'Brien.
1: Um, a 2020 and Today show. Like it was fire. <laughs> It was just, it all came together. And it was so great because I got a book offer because I always wanted to write a book. I just, and, and by the way, all of you writers out there, write your book. And don't worry if it's not right now. The book will come at the right time in the right place and then you will engage. I really feel like everybody has at least one, one book. book in Absolutely. them that we need to each read.
0: A thousand percent. Because we have, we story
1: have that story that wants to be told and written. So that's when I wrote my first book is back, when I first started the school. Wow. And then... Momogino's School of womanly Arts. Exactly. Yeah. And it's an amazing book.
0: I mean, miraculous, I want to (laughs) say. It's it's definitely (laughs) life-changing. But I want to go back a little bit because that movie... So tell us a little bit about the life of a courtesan. Because in Pussy... I mean, I've known about the courtesans, you know, when you go and travel Mm -hmm. to Paris. Oh, which is <laughs> breathtaking. Let's go right <laughs> now. Let's go. But you take us through a journey inside of Pussy and really kind of showing us really what we've forgotten about yeah. our own pleasure. Right. And what they actually did for a living mm-hmm. and how incredible it was. Mm-hmm. And in a time when there was only
1: men doing Everything right. well, the courtesans were like, let's say 14, 17th, 18, 19th century, Italy, France. well, all over Europe, maybe a tiny bit here, but they were women who had nothing mm-hmm. because like that's the best way to start a story. Of course is have nothing. <laughs> Uh, and they were women who were impoverished, and there weren't many options. You couldn't even make a living wage during those years, and also women weren't allowed to own property. They couldn't mm-hmm. own their own money; they were the property of men, especially. And it didn't matter if you were a wealthy woman or an right. impoverished woman; you still didn't have the right to own your own property. There, it was money. like their
0: parents or father, the father, yeah, father or, or husband, or husband. Yeah.
1: So these women had to find the third door, mm-hmm. right? They didn't want to be like there was a lorette or a grisette, which were, you know, you were maybe working in a factory or maybe you had one benefactor. Right. The third door was being a full-blown courtesan, Uh meaning choosing to, um, it was actually kind of a spiritual choice. Mm -hmm. It was choosing your own magnificence with no evidence of your magnificence. So, like, one of my favorite courtesans is Marie du Plessis, oh, okay. and there's a story of her on the Pont Neuf in Paris, mm. where she has no money for a French fry, mm. Mm. and she's smelling the aroma, and so she's, instead of being like, ah, oh, I can't afford a French fry, my lips like, she's there, allowing the fragrance mm. of the French fry to waft. And she's just deliciously intoxicated. And a gentleman drives by in a carriage and sees her enjoying this. Mm. And he purchases her a paper of French fries and becomes her first benefactor. And within a year, she's like the leading courtesan of all Paris, which means oh, wow. she's the arbiter of taste. She's got like a team of matching ponies and clothing. Just and all of the like fine things. All of the fine things. Okay, of course, they had some degree of sex or such mm-hmm. sensual connection with their benefactors. But it was about, like, they were legendary. Right. And what is a legend? It's a story that gives you back to yourself, mm. it brings you back to life. It
0: brings you back to and life. And
1: these were women that were so inhabiting their radiance and that they brought these men or the culture back to life with how spectacular they were. Mm. So I got so inspired by them because it was the women's movement in the 19th century that killed the courtesan. And that in a way, because women saw how free the courtesans were because they could own their own money. They could have an education. They could own property. They had so much power. And they wanted that. So women sort of galvanized and got angry and fought for their rights. And in so, the culture of pursuing kind of the art of of being a woman Mm. was lost. Mm. So uh, I want
0: to say that again. The art of being a woman then at that time was lost. Yeah. 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 Let's sit in that for a second. Yeah. Because that's... That is huge.
1: It's huge. And, you know, as you and I were talking right before we began this recording... There's a global unhappiness amongst mm-hmm. women right now. It's like one in four women are going to experience depression. Only one in five will ever seek treatment. Yep. Eating disorders, mm-hmm. uh, self-harm is on the rise. Uh, the resentment. The, just the overall resentment that a woman has, like when she's super successful at her career, but she can't find a partner who will meet her or match her. There's We're a bit lost, even with all the gains. Yeah. And so there's this whole world of the feminine that women haven't been introduced to, open to, allowed to explore connection to the freedom of our sensuality, Mm -hmm. to continually explore it at Mm -hmm. all phases of our life, Mm -hmm. to actually research pleasure and what pleasures us Mm -hmm. rather than researching what pleases other people. Other people,
0: right. Which is the only thing that you kind of see, even in a lot of the porn, right? Oh my God. It's, it's, only for men. It's
1: the cum shot.
0: Yeah. That's what it's It's about. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm so, that's one of the things I'm so worried about with like having a boy. Oh yeah. You know, it's like when they first, if they first see that Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, Mm -hmm. you're, you don't know. Sex education does not come from that. Yeah, And there's, which is why I think that honestly it should be a rite of passage for every single, not just female, but male, to read pussy. Yeah, yeah, and we can we can talk about that. But yes, but to really understand the art of a woman, the art of the turn on, which is what you talk about.
1: Yeah, can yep. we get
0: can we get into that? A Let's little get
1: bit? into Let's the
0: get art in, of, of the turn, the turn on. Uh, of the turn.
1: Oh, it is funny, you know, it's like, sounds so complicated, but so simple.
0: It's so simple because you, you say a lot of this and I want to bring attention to turn on in terms of radiance, mm-hmm. of course, sexual energy as well. But what mm-hmm. do you really mean by,
1: by radiance,
0: by radiance and, and, turn on.
1: Okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. Let's get into it. In the patriarchal religions the sacred and the sensual were separated. Ah, okay. Like, you cannot be hot in a church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, or a synagogue. Like, if you come in with all your hoochie, I, I remember going to my... Your hoochie clothes. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I remember going to uh, my nephew's bar mitzvah, and they had me come up and say a prayer. Oh,
0: no, what did you wear?
1: I It was the, it was a three-piece suit.
0: Oh, oh. But
1: the vest... Okay, the vest was like, like a little plungy. You know, it was like, maybe like, it had like a little plunge thing, but it was a vest. And I got taken off the stage. Well, whatever, it's not a stage. Yeah,
0: when you were saying the prayer.
1: Yeah. They were like, you know, I had to like stuff a little something in there. Like
0: a handkerchief in the middle. exactly.
1: (laughs) And not to mention, well, well, I mean, we could go on a tear about this because I've been thrown out of so many venues in New York City for simply when I teach my classes, women are celebrating their own radiance. Yeah. They're feeling hot and fabulous, and then everyone thinks we're hookers instead of just radiant, sacred women Women. who are connecting to their magic and magnificence. Mm -hmm. So, you're giving people, actually women, finally the permission to
0: really love themselves. The
1: permission. To connect with their own life force, which is theirs. It has nothing to do with me.
0: In a society where literally they make millions of dollars telling women that you're not good enough, not pretty enough, mm-hmm. not
1: mm-hmm. not done up mm-hmm. enough, not mm-hmm. any
0: mm-hmm. of the enoughs, so mm-hmm. you're not enough.
1: Exactly. Mm. So pursuing or researching pleasure, which you can do today and you better do it, is, uh, is, it's just as simple as like pleasure research is like having a moment before you start your day where you're thinking... Okay, what is a thing that I could do for me today? What is a thing?
0: Just starting simple. Yeah. Okay.
1: And for me, I mean, we started with our little hoochie dance. That was fun. But we like did. <laughs> truly, sometimes just dancing by yourself or with your kids mm-hmm. or with your man mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. your girlfriends yep. or your girlfriend. Yes. It turns on your neurotransmitters, including beta endorphin, prolactin. And what you're doing Don't is. I mean. Yet dopamine, mm-hmm. serotonin, yep. and you're like flooding your body with all of this feel-good hormone, which turns on your light, ah. turns on your radiance. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like a woman, instead of figuring out how to take care of others, she needs to figure out, okay, how can I turn on my light my today? My
0: my neurotransmitters.
1: Because if I do... I'm going to make everyone happier because you know you know how we are. When women are turned off, oh. like when a woman is angry, oh yes, she you can, will know <laughs> she can torch a small village. <laughs> yes. Like you sh- I mean, everyone is coming down with her. No one is going to survive. She sucks the oxygen right out of a room.
0: You know that, ladies. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. But imagine if we all would begin our day with a turn on. Like what we did. We, we exactly. had a little dance party to get the show going.
1: And then it you have to keep infusing, right? Because, okay. you know, it's like, especially at the beginning, you have to practice it. And there's so many ways to practice. You know, even like...
0: Can you give us like maybe two or three? Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll do one right okay. now. Okay. Yes. Just like run your hands really slowly through your hair. Okay. Ooh. Isn't that nice? Mm. And then even down your cheek. Okay. And then... <laughs> It's it's like thirty seconds later, you're feeling like, wow, I'm loved. I I kind of feel hot again.
0: Yes, and for those of you listening, so basically, you just take your hands and run them through your head lightly. Right, you can
1: unless you're a hair pulling kind of girl.
0: <laughs> okay, if you're a hair pulling kind of girl, then
1: then, then go for grab it. it. Grab it, grab it,
0: go for it. <laughs> but then down your, I, I feel like yeah, even down the cheek and the and the neck.
1: Yeah. And that's and and you can go further. I mean, that's self pleasuring, right? Mm -hmm. And you can self pleasure still further. You can touch your breasts, your belly, your hips, your pussy, your thighs. You can stroke your pussy for a while and create a beautiful sensation. You know, with or without an orgasmic release. It's anything that you do that puts pleasure in. It's like putting coins in the piggy bank. Ah. (laughs) We are just filling up on pleasure as much Mm -hmm. as we can, and that's that. You know, that's why I wear lingerie. Because you can't be in a bad mood in lingerie. You you could try, but you're in lingerie. So, it's so true, and you and your little, fluffy, <laughs> My little stole, fluffy stole, your little burning man stole. It's so true. <laughs> so it just helps. It's just, and what you begin to do is you kind of are using the lens of pleasure mm. as a you know, it's a different paradigm.
0: So you're saying that we can we can do it obviously through touch, mm-hmm. but we can also do it by just adorning ourselves mm-hmm. in the
1: way that we see pleasure, or it could be that. Like I went far this morning because I'm gluten free, <laughs> sugar free. <laughs> You're all the free right now. Dairy free. Yes. I'm doing ten <laughs> day detox. So to find
0: mm-hmm.
1: a coffee, mm. I found a coffee shop. Like I literally. Oh, you went far. I, you, well, it was my third until I could find the right one. But then,
0: okay, you found it.
1: I found it. Mm. And then I had like my just right perfect coffee with almond yep. steamed yep. Mm-hmm. barista. Ooh. Okay. It was so good. It was so good. Mm. And that was me not stopping at the watery coffee in my hotel that right. was going to no. never gratify. It was like going the extra yard to find something that would really pleasure me. And so it's, it could be as simple as your favorite tea bag, it could be your favorite mug mm. it's epsom salt in your tub at night it's like tiny things that you know that will shift your chemistry mm-hmm. so that you can connect with you. you not just you the human you with your radiance lit mm. your divinity t- the divinity yeah on. oh wow and we can each do that as women and it's important. And we have to do it now. And there is no... and. There's no excuse. I will come after you. <laughs>
0: There's no excuse.
1: <laughs> so you can try this now, ladies. And,
0: and even gents who are who are watching and listening, you know, you can uh, pause this, but even save this and come back to it. But make a list. Take out your journal and make a list of all of even the small things that Regina was just sharing.
1: What are the things that bring you pleasure? What do you love to do?
0: Oh, gosh. You know, I... So I love, and and reading this in your book, it was like, oh yes, because I do this all the time now, is baths.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And well, it's great because being mama of two, it's like, okay, this is my alone time. If I can actually get it where I have my bath bomb and I have just, you know, for me, it's like the warmth of the water and I can Mm -hmm. just sink myself in, even Mm -hmm. if it's five minutes. Like I don't have to... Wait, you know, as a mama, you don't have that much time, but like even just the art of filling the tub and putting in the Epsom salts, Mm -hmm. putting in the, um, I have like a, I have one of the, there's an Epsom salt with like rose petals and, you know, the essential oils and everything. And so if I can actually do the act Mm. and then be able to like get in and Mm -hmm. actually even, you know, just either say a prayer or Mm -hmm. just express gratitude. I'm like, okay, this is great. Now, the extra cherry on top would be if I have my journal next to to myself in the bath. Then I'm like, okay, I can freely write mm-hmm. or listen to something, yeah, or light a candle. So these are all things, you know, if it's a sparking light for you all, you can write it down as well. But definitely take some time to to make that practice. But mm-hmm. so. I know we're running out of time, however, I do want to get into one of the things that you share as a practice in the School of Womanly Arts, uh, which is the Holy Trinity
1: yeah. and sisterhood. Yeah.
0: So take us through that. Okay. What do you mean by that?
1: Mm, well, let's talk about sisterhood for a sec. Okay. I think it's one of the most important nutritional elements mm-hmm. for women to have other women that they can celebrate themselves, each other, and pleasure with. And why did I say it that way? Because yep. women traditionally, when they get together, we bitch. Right, you bitch, you complain, Mostly and we trash about... our, right. we trash our husbands, our bosses, yep. our work situations. You know, everything. The, everything. We it's like a, let's bring it down because we have our mutual victimization in common. Uh... Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. women have this legend about them that the women are backstabbing and mm-hmm. backbiting and mm-hmm. catty and we all step on each other to get to what we want. And that's not actually accurate, especially when the construct of sisterhood is kind of reshuffled mm-hmm. so that your purpose of connection is to celebrate yourself, mm-hmm. celebrate one another. Yep. Share what you're grateful for mm-hmm. and hold space for one another's desires. Oof. So what I do is I in all of my classes. Even on, your live events. Oh my, my live events, gosh. classes. Yes. I'll have women always start with bragging mm. because it takes a little, you know, it's it's a brave thing to brag. It's so easy to complain.
0: It's so true, but yeah, because what do we think of when we're bragging? I feel like it's it's like I've heard this even when I was teaching yesterday, people were saying, oh, but that's like showing off.
1: Right, yeah. Is that and, what
0: you get, I'm sure.
1: And that, you know, I, I, I have nothing to brag about. I've, no, and we don't like to share the good news because mm-hmm. we're afraid we'll be ostracized by the world of women who only want to hear what's wrong with our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it, it's brave and worthwhile. And we're here at the brave table right now. So, so let's
0: brag a little I, we got it. We have to totally okay, so we'll brag. Okay, brag. <laughs> yeah.
1: So give me a brag.
0: Oh, well, I'm so excited that we get to spend the weekend together and, and That finally, the show, the Brave Table, is launching and and taking off the
1: ground. Amazing, amazing! Congratulations on making that dream come true. Thank you. It's such a beautiful thing, and it's going to have spillover that you can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's and yeah, and it's so good to like take the steps Mm -hmm. of what it is you most long for. Mm -hmm. So I just really want to praise the fuck out of you for that one. That's beautiful, baby. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm going to brag. All right. I'm going to brag this. I am going to brag that because I got so inspired by these courtesans. Mm-hmm. And then for many years I was teaching about them. And then a few months ago, I was like, wait a minute. I love these courtesans. I've been teaching about these courtesans. I'm going to start throwing myself courtesan parties. No. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Ah. So I have this Delicious. small group of girlfriends okay. in New York. And every month we just imagine into like, hmm, what would we like to create? So you know, a few times we rented this space that we found in Brooklyn okay. that has these huge hot tubs, mm. like upstairs and down. And this You were um, like
0: the queen of the hot tub.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, maybe I am. Okay, yes. And then we brought in musicians like a oh, wow. uh, cello and a violin. Mm. And had classical music playing while we we're hanging out in the hot tub, and then we invited all these guy friends mm-hmm. over, who some of them gave us massages. Incredible! Uh, one of them is a dom, so oh, he wow. gave us like a great like Ooh. adventures with a dom. Oh, amazing! Um, and so we can just build anything that we like to kind of as a way of cultivating our aliveness our sense of adventure. Mm -hmm. I always love to be pressing my sensual edge Mm -hmm. and like trying something new that my body hasn't experienced or connecting more deeply or in a more vulnerable way than perhaps I had before. Mm -hmm. So these parties allow me to uh, play a little bit. And get all dressed up. And,
0: and you so deserve that.
1: Thank you. So I want to be a chef that
0: comes. Amazing. Of so course I just, you I, do.
1: I pass this along because I think that it would be a fun thing to do to create courtesan parties.
0: Create your courtesan party. There you mm-hmm.
1: go. There
0: you go, ladies.
1: So that's a brag. But brag doesn't, it floats beautifully on its own, so that's more than enough. But there's something called a holy trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. And if you put all three together, it's like nutrients. Mm. So what are you grateful for?
0: I'm grateful that yesterday, my husband and I, we actually set out this year that every month we would take turns to plan out our Mm. Thursday night dates. Mm. And it'll be either one as connection, adventure, and sensuality, mm-hmm. thanks to you, Regina. And we actually, even though we just came back from a family vacation, we honored our commitment. And,
1: so good.
0: And went, even though we have, you know, all of the things that you normally would when you get back to catching up, we stayed the path and planned uh, something really special for him yesterday. We did like a whole little bike ride and then dinner and and then a little, you know, fun, fun time yesterday. And I think that's so important. <laughs> Tell me about the fun time. <laughs> brave table. A brave table, of course. Of course. I knew, I knew, I knew Regina was going <laughs> to get me into, it. but yeah, it, it's really, well, we, we usually would pick a hotel somewhere. Not really. I mean, in the city, of course. Yeah. Where we can just have our alone time Mm -hmm. and our sensual play and whether it's just, you know, exploring our intimacy and connection, Mm -hmm. like eye gazing, for instance.
1: Which is so intimate. Which is
0: so intimate. It's so... Well, I tell you, so yeah. I feel like sometimes it's more intimate than, than actual
1: Agreed. <laughs> sex
0: itself Agreed. Agreed. And so needed. And I think for my husband and I, we just don't get that time because we're yeah. constantly like passing ships. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, did you do this? And so, mm-hmm. and we wear so many different hats. And so sometimes it's just nice that we're like, okay, this is great. Now, mm-hmm. does it happen every Thursday? It's the intention
1: mm-hmm. that at least...
0: Two to three times in the month. That's amazing.
1: Amazing. So we
0: were able to, we were able to honor that. And I I was like, oh my gosh, hi. I didn't even get to see you for five days because we were on vacation. Yeah. But we were able to, you know, set candles. Beautiful. And incense. Well, I mean, for a little bit, you know, because you don't want to disturb the whatever it was, the the fire alarms (laughs) in the hotel. But creating that sacred space and kind of the, you know, the altar that you talk about as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And really the intention to enjoy Mm -hmm. every single act,
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: even if it's not even the act
1: itself. Mm -hmm. But yes. That's so beautiful. So
0: gratitude. And what are you
1: grateful for? Okay. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for Mickey.
0: Mm.
1: She's our mutual friend that introduced us. Yes. And I had dinner with her last night. And first of all, I'm grateful that I had dinner with her last night. I'm grateful that she created created our connection. Absolutely. And I'm grateful for just like her enthusiasm Mm. and her adventurousness and that she's the kind of friend that takes you higher. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for Mickey.
0: Yay, Mickey. We love you, girl.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. And then a desire. Okay. So what's a desire that you have?
0: Mm. So I think my biggest desire is, is I hope that this conversation sparks uh, magic and joy and pleasure in whoever needs it mm. the most. Mm-hmm. And even if if you're male or female and and you want to share this with a with a loved one or a friend or a sister or even a parent, why not? Give them that gift, give them that permission. So that is my greatest desire that we start to create ripple effects.
1: Beautiful. And then there's a sister got a saying that you say after somebody says a desire. Yes. You say, And so shall it be. Oh I <gasps> that. or something even better.
0: May happen.
1: Beyond your wildest dreams. Mm. It is done.
0: It is done. Okay,
1: <laughs> got it. <laughs> All right. My desire is 2022 is the year I go on Oprah for Super Soul Sunday. Oh, yes! that I, I, it, I feel like I've got this convo that mm-hmm. I deeply want to have with her mm. and that I could be both contributed to by her and also contribute to her with the depth of our connection. And so my deepest desire is to sit with her on a couch in 2022.
0: And so it shall be. Yes. Or even better.
1: Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It is done.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, I have an igniting round Mm -hmm. that we shall get into before we wrap up our conversation.
1: Let's do it. Let's ignite.
0: Let's ignite. All right.
1: So what does it mean to be brave? Mm. I think when you're brave, it doesn't mean you're not terrified. It means that you can just be just completely filled with fear, but that you take the steps that are your truth despite your fear. And I think the most miraculous things happen when that takes place, Mm. when you risk yourself. Mm. So that's brave to me.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay. What is a practice or a ritual or a book that's elevating your life at this very moment?
1: Uh, A practice that I do every single morning is I throw on three songs. And in my book, Pussy or Reclamation, I talk about a practice called swamping, Mm -hmm. where I'll just like throw it down with myself i will blast like whatever my emotion is if it's grief or rage or outrageousness or yes. a frustration and i'll put on like three songs boom 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 okay move through them and then once again i'm left turned on because the last song is always like a song a, fun, turn, song. a fun song okay that turns you start on. with like a i'll do a, like usually a-, a grief and a rage okay okay
0: like
1: something that didn't go well or yeah, because I'm that... always frustrated. <laughs> There's always things I want that I'm not getting and that I have to like move them through my body or I'm frustrated because like I want, you know, like let's say d- deeper connections mm-hmm. than I'm able to create either with uh, somebody I have a crush on or it might be with my Daughter might be with my mom, or you know, it's like the
0: people in our lives, the
1: people in our lives, like just want to overcome my own innate shyness and get on with my love, or or whatever it is. So, I'll do that practice. Mm. And I just finished Will Smith's biography, Uh, isn't it? I thought it was great. I thought he did such a stellar, beautiful, beautiful job. So, I'm always reading something. So, if you got anything, I'm ready for my next.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We'll share. Okay. (laughs) And one word that describes this season of your life.
1: I would say it is, um, there is some kind of... It's almost like a rebirth that's happening Mm -hmm. inside of me, like a, or or retuning myself to a deeper truth of myself and an integration. I guess that's a lot of words, but I'm going to go for rebirth, retuning and integration.
0: Mm, I love that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I feel like pussy, a reclamation is really a rebirth into someone's next chapter into your next chapter mm-hmm. and should be a book given to every single person literally male and female but i definitely think males every single male should read this and we didn't even get into my favorite chapter which was the literacy one and that'll just have to be a separate okay that'll We're be a gonna, separate it, episode it is in and it of is itself.
1: it is a separate episode because
0: it very much is
1: yeah <sighs> Okay.
0: So much goodness. To clitoracy. To clitoracy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> And if you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, you might as well go and get the book. Pussy Reclamation. Uh,
1: by this Mama was Tina. a blast. Thank you. This You're, was incredible. It, it was so much fun to hang with you on the oh couch. Oh
0: so much fun. Yeah. Uh, to, more, to more juicy, to more magic, and to more mystery.
1: Yeah. And thank you to all of you who are tuning in or watching for taking this time to really Consider and invest in your own pleasure. It is so important and so valuable.
0: Well, until next time on The Brave Table. Woo! Wow. What a journey today was. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. We just had so, so much fun, and I hope you experienced all the pleasure and the energy and the love and the joy that Mama Gina brought to you all today at the Brave Table. So if you are feeling a little bit naughty, a little bit edgy, a little bit more in your flow, completely turned on, radiating your power, feeling incredibly in rapture. I encourage you to get her book, Pussy. I encourage you to gift it to a friend, to a girlfriend, to somebody that you love, perhaps maybe your mom or your dad or just your partner, friends. Maybe have this part of your next table of conversation or a book club that you're part of. Definitely share this wisdom. She is such a gift, and I cannot... Thank her enough and thank you all enough for tuning in and being brave and being open in receiving all of the downloads and the information that you got today. Can't wait for you to share what you thought of this episode. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, of course, we would always love for you to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. But if you also want to learn about more of what Mama Gina does, you can follow her at Gina on Instagram, and you can go visit her on her site. See what the School of Womenly Arts is all about at mamagenas.com. That is M-A-M-A-G-E-N-A-S dot com. All right, and so that wraps up this week, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, thank you for making this as part of your daily and weekly routine. We appreciate you so, so much, Brave Table fam. And as always, if you are listening to this on iTunes, I would so appreciate a review please take a screenshot of that review so I can get you a free gift as my deepest gratitude and appreciation to help others find this episode and find The Brave Table. So you can grab the free gift at thebravetable.com backslash giveaway and upload a screenshot of your review and I will send you a free gift of my exclusive grow your grit emotional mastery course. That's right. There is nowhere else, but here that you can get this exclusively for you brave table fam, which includes the full grow your grit seven day mini workshop, plus my emotional grit guidebook and the worksheets to fully help you and support you master your emotions, transform your thoughts and change your world. So be sure to share this with your friends and family and literally anyone that can use the Brave Table in their life. It means so, so much. And until next time on the Brave Table.